Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. My name is Paige Scott, and I'm going to be your host. Entourage Ministries gets its inspiration from Psalm 6811 that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. Entourage is a multi-generational, multi-denominational, multicultural women's ministry based in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us today as we dive into truth from the Word so that your heart and spirit may be encouraged. Hello, ladies. Thank you for joining us again for um, the podcast. And I'm excited again this episode just to bring an exhortation to you. Uh, we are going to shift out of this into some some teaching on on spiritual gifts coming up in the near future. But I really wanted to share a word that has been simmering in me for a long time. Um, if you have been in and out of entourage, then you've probably heard the expression in one way or another, march on my soul in strength. We have used that for a variety of things. We did a soap through the Psalms last spring, and it was called March on My Soul in Strength. Um, Jesse has an original song that I think you're going to be blessed to hear Um at the end of this podcast, and it is called March on My Soul and Strength. I've written a blog post before on the website that is called March on My Soul and Strength. So all the way back from 2018, the Lord has ministered this phrase to my heart. And it actually is not a phrase, but a verse, and more specifically than a Bible verse, it is part of a song, a lyric, we could say, that you can find in Judges chapter 5, verse 21. And it is from a very unique character in the Bible, and her name is Deborah. You may not know much about Deborah, but I'm going to tell you really quickly about Deborah. Deborah is a judge, a prophetess, and a woman that led God's people into a victorious battle. And when the battle is over that they've been called to, she sang a victory song with a gentleman named Barak that was also a leader in the battle. And one of the lyrics of that song says, March on my soul in strength. And so just to give a little bit of context about Deborah and her character, um, the Lord, when he, when he brought the nation, the Hebrew, the Hebrew people, when he brought them out, um, to, to establish them out of the bondage of slavery in Egypt to then establish them in the promised land. Um, there was quite a bit that transpired over a period of 40 years between the folks that were brought out and then the folks that would be established as a nation of God's people of promise in, the, in Canaan, the area of Canaan, the promised land. And so Moses, we know, was the deliverer of God's people out of the nation of Egypt. And when Moses was dealing with what could be described as a stiff-necked people, his father-in-law, Jethro, um, gave him some wisdom. Yes, his name was Jethro. Like we think about like Beverly Hillbillies, but that is a biblical name. And it was Moses' father-in-law's name. And he gave Moses this wisdom about dealing with this, this mass people who had made the exodus out of Egypt and were heading toward promise. And he encouraged Moses in wisdom to set up um, judges and elders um, so that they could deal um, with issues that people were having. They could essentially judge them. And so at that time, uh, Moses did that. Now, God's people were not 
led by a king or a pharaoh. That comes uh, that comes later. We learn um, about Samuel the prophet appointing the first king, Saul, which was really bad news and sent the nation of Israel on a not-so-great trajectory of following God. So God himself led the nation of Israel into, into battle, into all the things um, that he had called them to. But before the time of kings, besides uh, the, the leaders such as Moses and, and, and the priestly leaders, there were these judges in place. And you hear about the first mention of a judge, actually, um, besides where I'm, where I'm talking about in Exodus, um, that'd be Exodus 17, 18 in that area, where Jethro encourages him to, to set them up. But the, in the context of people judging God's people and, and kind of acting as a ruler of sorts over them, in the book of Judges, but uh, the first Judges talked about in Judges chapter 3. Well, it's not long before that that we meet Deborah in Judges chapter 4. And this is what it says about Deborah. Verse, verse 1, chapter 4, book of Judges. But the Israelites again did evil in the sight of the Lord after Ehud had died. That was the previous judge. So the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan. This was before they were in Canaan who reigned in Hazar. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Herosheth Haguim. I don't know how to say that, so I'm just going to wing it. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help, for Jabin had 900 iron chariots and had oppressed and tormented the sons of Israel severely for 20 years. So for half of a generation, they've been in oppression with their adversary. Verse 4, Now Deborah was a prophetess, a wife, and she was judging Israel at the time. She used to set to hear and decide disputes under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites came up to her for judgment. Now she sent word and summoned Barak, the son of Abinoam from Kadesh Naphtali, and said to him, Behold, the Lord, the God of Israel, has commanded, Go and march to Mount Tabor and take with you 10,000 men of war from the tribes of Naphtali and Zebulun. I will draw out Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his infantry to meet you at the river Kishon, and I will hand him over to you. What a boss this woman is. (laughs) She's anointed is what she is. Then Barak said to her, or Barak, if you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. Um, so this man is saying to this woman, Deborah, if you're not going, I'm not going. So she said, I will certainly go with you. Nevertheless, the journey that you are about to take will not be for your honor and your glory, because the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Then Deborah got up and went with Barak to Kadesh. And so, um, skipping on to verse 14, Deborah says to Barak, Arise, for this is the day when the Lord has given Sisera into your hand. Has the Lord not gone out from before you? So Barak went down from Mount Tabar with 10,000 men following him. And so, some different things happen. Sisera ultimately ends up in the tent of a different woman named Jael, and uh, she serves him some food and milk, and then she takes a uh, peg from a tent stake, and she drives it through a school, and she kills the, the leader of that king's army, their adversary. And so the nation is victorious because Deborah chose to be, be obedient and, and Barak chose to go into battle with Deborah leading um, 
they, they experience victory as a nation. So they're singing this victory song, as is their custom. And that's where we find this lyric, march on my soul with strength. March on my soul with strength. And that has been such a word to me. So I just want to take it to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll unfold what that has to do with us today. Lord God, thank you for this woman named Deborah. Thank you, God, that you used a woman, God, um, among the first judges that we have record of, Father, to bring wisdom to people, to lead a people into battle, um, to encourage tribes, men, women alike, to step up and to be obedient to the call of God. Thank you, God, that deliverance was brought um, to generation because she did what she was called to do. And thank you, Father, that in victory and in, in battle, she sang these lyrics, March on my soul and strength. And I just pray that your word alive, it just come and breathe refreshment into the heart and the legs and lungs of every woman listening to this right now. Just quicken this word, march on my soul and strength into our spirits. In Jesus' name, amen. So that's the context of a song, an actual woman named Deborah, who led the nation of Israel into battle, won the battle with the Lord's strength, and then sang a song about her victory called March On My Soul and Strength. But I just want to be mindful that she did the thing. She had to go to battle. She had to to put herself into situations that were scary as she walked out obedience to the Lord in her role um, as a mother of Israel, um, as a judge, as a prophetess. Yet she declares after all of this, and in the midst of all of this, March On My Soul and Strength. So, What does that have to do with us? I don't know about you ladies, but I think it's safe to say we are in the midst of a battle. I think it's actually biblical to say that perpetually we are in the midst of a battle. The Word of God says that we do not battle with human flesh, but we battle uh, with principalities and kingdoms of darkness. And certainly those things impact the natural circumstances that we deal with and that we face on a daily basis. So no matter what angle you come at it from, we are in a battle, period. That is the truth. When Entourage was birthed, it was really inspired from Psalm 68:11, which is, is talking about um, This similar group of people that Deborah led, but generations later, coming into Canaan, and even though David was the author of Psalm 68, he is writing um, in hindsight about God's people when they came into the promised land. And it says that the Lord gave the command to take Canaan the promised land, and there was a great army of women who proclaimed the good news. So you kind of got this vibe. We see it in this picture of Deborah singing this victory song. If you go back to Exodus around chapter 15, you see Miriam the prophetess, Moses' sister, singing a victory song after they have defeated uh, the Egyptians, after the chariots and their riders were thrown into the sea. She sings a song in proclamation of what God has done. You see it with Deborah. And so now in Psalm 6011, it's very foundational inspiration for entourage. The Lord gives the command and a great army of women proclaim the good news. You see this nature of women declaring the good news of God almost in a militant sort of way. Um, So I just want you to visualize, um, I just want you to visualize maybe yourself, uh, maybe the women that you're in community with. If you come to entourage gatherings, Picture the gathering. I just want you to picture 
those ladies marching, like just in place, just that rhythm of feet going back and forth. And, and there's a lot of things that that, that marching could, could represent. I think some of the things that come to mind, it's marching in, in spirit and in truth. Jesus said to the woman at the well that I'm raising up a people that are going to worship me in spirit and in truth. And I think about that balance and that rhythm of the march between both. The Word of God tells us that Jesus is the epitome of both grace and truth. And I think about that rhythm of living in grace and truth. So I want you to just keep thinking about, about just the march of everyday life as we are women who are anointed with, with the Lord. We are anointed with the Lord Himself, the Holy Spirit, to, to do the things in our day that Deborah, the judge, prophetess, wife, and mother was called to do in her day. Think about this marching and think about just that shift of weight back and forth. And I want you to think, I want you to think about those words that she sang. March on my soul and strength. March on my soul and strength. March on my soul and strength. So Earlier this year, I was reading in Psalm 91, super familiar psalm, if you love the psalms. I'm going to read verses 11 through 13. It says, For he will command his angels to regard you. He will protect and defend you and guard you in all your ways. The angels will lift you up in their hands so that you do not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. And so I was thinking about that verse, and I thought, Lord, thank you for that. But why would you lift up our feet so that we don't dash our feet against a stone, yet you will allow us to hit our feet against lions and cobras? I don't know about you ladies, but if I had the option between putting my foot on a lifeless stone, on a cobra, or on a lion— I would probably take the opportunity to stub my toe on a rock. And so uh, this has been a couple of months ago. I just had a conversation with the Lord and just kind of asked about that. Like, what's up with that, Lord? Like, striking my foot against a rock is one thing. It's going to cause me some, some discomfort. And you're willing to send your angels to minister and to, as, I, as I trust in you, as I set my love upon you to lift me up from situations where that that may happen, but you're going to allow me to step on serpents and on, and on lions and not just step on them. It, it's a dominating verb that it's using to tread upon them and then to trample them. And so a couple of things as I thought about it, um, because I've actually honestly heard it probably taught more about um, crushing the head of the serpent. That's a, a it's a reference that we see early in the word in Genesis three fifteen. After Satan deceives Eve as a serpent, the Lord says um, that you talking about the, prophetically about Jesus, the seed of the, of the woman, Jesus Christ. You will crush the head of the serpent. But it says of the serpent that a serpent will bruise your heel. So right off the bat, we're kind of vaguely familiar with this reference to a serpent being under our foot. And so we know from that scripture that we have authority. We crush the head of serpents, but um, serpents do seek to harm us. They seek to bruise our heels, to inflict a limp, to inflict a, a pain, 
um, that would keep us from, from walking out life and our journey. So, so that's a little bit familiar. And I'm like, okay, well, what does a lion want to do? And then the Lord took me and, and reminded me about 1 Peter 5, 8, which says that the lion actually seeks to devour us. So again, I'm like, Lord, <laughs> you would send your angels to minister us, to lift our feet up so we don't dash them against a stone, but you're going to allow us to tread and trample on both the serpent that want to bruise our heel and both the lion that wants to devour us. And just recently, the Lord sort of spoke to my heart about this with regard to march on my soul and strength. Because what I was thinking about when I first started meditating on this verse from Psalm 91 was that, man, (laughs) we better get in the rhythm of crushing a serpent's head with our foot before we start feeling a lion under our foot, because that may have a little bit of a different feeling to it. And, And the Lord ministered to me and said, if you are marching in my rhythm, if you are marching in my promise, if you are marching in my strength, it really shouldn't matter what comes under your foot because you're going to crush it. You're going to tread it and you're going to trample it because the goal is not what's under your foot. That, like The premise and the priority is not what is under your foot. Every day of our lives, we are in a spiritual battle and the enemy and the nature of a fallen and sinful world it's going to bring about attacks that want to harm us, and it's going to bring about attacks that want to destroy us. And our response has to be the same. Our response is to march on in strength. And so think about that rhythm of marching and think about what comes under your foot. Does it change your march? No. Foot up, foot down, onward in obedience, onward in the strength of the Lord, onward in the prophesying to your soul to march on in strength. As we march in obedience and the strength of the Lord, whatever is brought under our foot will be treaded and trampled upon in the name of Jesus. The word says, I will make your enemy a footstool under your feet. So I even just think actually about that word of the angels coming and ministering to us to lift us up so that we don't strike our foot against a rock. And I think, Man, maybe one of the ways we, they lift us up is just after, after we square away with whatever, whatever lion or serpent of the day that we crush under, under, underfoot, maybe the angels come and they just allow those to be the footstool of the day so that we can continue. And I think, too, rocks have no life to them. If I hit my foot against a rock, it's really not going to have much of an impact on battle one way or another. But as a believer, when I'm in covenant with Jesus, when I've said yes to his commission to go forth and to make disciples, I've really enlisted to be part of spiritual battle because I'm bringing a kingdom of light. We're pressing through the darkness and we're bringing the kingdom of light, the kingdom of life, the kingdom of the gospel, the gospel of the kingdom to a dark world around us. And that's why, that's why our march is so important and it's so imperative. And that's why we walk in the revelation that as we go in strength and as we go in obedience, 
we keep our eyes on Jesus. We keep on our eyes on what he has called us to. And as we march, whatever comes under our foot, we have authority over it in the name of Jesus. And if it seems like for a minute we got off track, and if it seems like that lion reared its head or that serpent, that cobra reared its head, then we've not seen the end. We've not seen the end of the battle because we have authority to tread and trample the lion and the cobra. As I was just meditating on this whole big picture of marching on in strength and the Lord just taking care of what comes underfoot as we march in obedience, as we march in authority, as He makes those enemies a footstool under our feet, I was reminded of the scripture that we find in Romans chapter 10, verse 15, that was first spoken by the prophet Isaiah, which says, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And I was thinking back to that verse of Psalm 68, 11, that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. You know what I think? I think that we have beautiful feet. I literally don't have beautiful feet. I actually have webbed toes. That's a true story. They're pretty cute. They're pretty cute. <laughs> I guess. Not really. I know. I mean, I really do have webbed toes, but they're not cute. But spiritually, we have beautiful feet because we have feet on a mission. We have feet that are equipped with the gospel of peace. Ephesians says, shod your feet with the gospel of peace. And we have feet that are beautiful because they are the agent that God uses to get our bodies, His body, to publish peace, to proclaim the message of the gospel. So, of course, of course, He sends His ministering angels to lift up our feet. Of course, He gives us authority to crush underfoot both the lions and the serpents as we allow our beautiful feet to be used for the furthering of His kingdom. So at the end of all of this, I just want to encourage you. Don't focus on what's under your foot right now. Because you will tread it down and you will trample it. And it won't be in your own strength. It will be in the strength of the Lord. Just keep marching. Like Deborah, just keep singing. March on my soul in strength. You know, sometimes people get out of line. You know, there are people that we may be doing battle in life with, and then, and then they're not there. They decide maybe it's not for them, the commission of, of the gospel. In Deborah's song, if you go and read it through, there are parts of it where she, she sings out to her neighbors, some of the neighboring tribes, where were, where were you? I'm paraphrasing. Where were you? when we needed your help in battle. Where were you? There seemed to be, in some areas, in moments of battle, absent resource. But God prevailed, and God made a way for success, and God made a way for victory. And He's going to do the same thing for you, and He's going to do the same thing for me. When Jessie sings her song, she'll sing, I will tread upon the serpent's head, I will roar inside the lion's den. Keep me where the path is lit, and I will make my home ascent. I just ask that as you listen, you close your eyes, 
you receive the lyrics that are inspired by the Word of God, and that literally your soul be strengthened today to continue marching onward, and that you have confidence that the Lord is taking care of everything and putting it under your feet, just as He did in Christ and through Christ. Lord, I thank you for the woman listening. I pray that truth would plant deeply inside of her and that it would bring a harvest of strength and of peace. I pray that, Father, she be equipped to stand, to continue standing, as Ephesians says, and that you would put sisters, brothers, body of Christ in her life to help her march to those rhythms of grace and truth those rhythms of spirit and truth. And I thank you that her reward is great as you are our portion and our reward. Jesus, thank you. Amen.
joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. 